You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. There's an investment company called Apprescient Investment Management. I spoke to them uh, towards the end of last year. I spoke to their chief investment officer uh, around some of the trends that they'd been looking at. And... Uh, Prescient has come out with a new report. They've uh, released the Responsible Investing Report for 2023. If you remember, there was a time where we were looking at responsible investing, responsible um, companies, and ESG was a big focus. That sort of took a back foot last year with the um, increasing concerns around inflation and interest rates. Uh, but it seems that ESG will always be in focus, In responsible investing will always be in focus, and Prescient seems to be be at the forefront of that. I'm joined on the line by the chair of Prescience in uh, ESG uh, committee, that's Michelle Green, to take a look at this report that they've put out. Uh, good evening, Michelle. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, tell us about the uh, investment report or the responsible investing report, rather. Uh, what does the report uh, look at and why is it so important that we look at these things? Thanks so much and uh, good evening to the listeners. Thanks for the opportunity. So just to, to recap, in terms of what the report, the intended measure, uh, what, why is it important is because a responsible investing ultimately it's to consider those ESG factors, environmental, social and governance issues when making investment decisions and ultimately how we can influence companies in order to bring about change but positive change, sustainable change. And so what we're trying to showcase is our dedication towards that sustainability narrative, but also to recognize the importance of responsible investing and what it has to offer. Ultimately, want to showcase how we take into account ESG in all our investment decisions and showcase our process, but also to showcase that it is possible to get commercial returns, but also have positive impact, ultimately bringing about uh, positive change, not only on society, but also to the environment as a whole. And so I think the report, what we're trying to capture here and ultimately to reveal is to unpack those uh, concepts of responsible investing and how ESG is embedded into um, our investment processes, but also how we approach sustainable investing. Michelle, what did the report say? I mean, you guys put out the 2023 report um, and you say that there's there's been a lot that's gone into actually putting all of this data together. What does the data actually say? So ultimately, the data, what it's trying to showcase is that uh, how you incorporate ESG into um, your decision-making process is ultimately to identify risks and ultimately how that is done um, and you know, you're able, we are able to achieve commercial returns, but also to have that impact. So, for example, we, we've showcased our key projects that we've invested in and provide key insights into navigating the realm of, uh, you know, responsible investing. So how we were able to do this is to showcase we have funds that is able to invest in clean energy, for example, so we showcase that through ESG, through incorporating ESG as an approach into investment decisions, we are able to not only get those returns, but also have a positive impact by providing energy alternative sources, for example. And so what the report is showcasing is that uh, responsible investment is here to stay, as should be viewed as a long-term, through a long-term uh, investment uh, lens, but also how you can get commercial returns, but also positive positive outcomes. So as an investment manager and custodian of people's money, it's important for us to consider all types of risks, whether it be financial and non-financial, which in this case is ESG 
um, ESG factors. And so what we're trying to showcase or the report ultimately is that responsible investing plays a critical role in addressing those challenges um, that brings about in the ESG space. It is a growing space. It is one that still shows some challenges. And what we're trying to, to showcase is that we are able to address some of these issues, such as alternative energy uh, sources, to bring closer to communities um, and other societal issues. So ultimately what we're trying to showcase is that our process, which is data-driven, we use that in an unbiased way, but at the same time make informed decisions, try to mitigate risk, but make that informed decisions ultimately that can lead to a change. Michelle, you touched on something around um, the projects that uh, you're involved in at the moment. And I mean, I understand that Prescient has got uh, one of your funds has deployed over 4 billion rand into renewable projects. Can you just shed some light on some of the projects you guys are involved in and the rationale behind um, whether it's how you select the projects or the impact that you hope the projects will have? Yeah, thank you. So the one that you are referring to is our Clean Energy Fund. Um, and that fund ultimately um, has over $4 billion, um assets under management. It was uh, launched in 2015 and invested over uh, 28 projects. Um, so it's grown quite significantly since inception. And ultimately the mandate there is to invest in infrastructure, environmental, social, uh, economic impact and development within uh, assets within South Africa. And the aim there is obviously, rather its mandate is currently focused, a lot of the projects is on the clean energy side. And so um, with, with just one of the projects, if I can touch on it, um, so it's JSky, which we recently over the last year have invested in. It is ultimately 100% black women um, owned and managed enterprise. Um, and the main development there, developer there is Red uh, Rocket South Africa. Um, and ultimately, it's invested in three wind farms, um, one being Brand Valley, uh, which is in the Western Cape. And then we have Reed Kluwerf, um, also in the Western Cape. And then we also have Wolf, um, that's in the, in the Eastern Cape. And so uh, what we've done there is that, that has been about founded in 2012. And ultimately, it's to bring about, obviously, the, the, or to rather bridge the gap that we currently have. We're all familiar with uh, the critical state of load shedding. We've just come back from our festive season. And so, you know, load shedding just hit us now. And so ultimately, the fund, what it's trying to do is to bridge that gap and provide households with, uh, with energy. We've also invested in another one, if I may, into Groetfontein H1 Holdings. 220 million that we've invested there, which is across three solar farms. And so that's also quite a massive um, transaction that we looked at, um, where we try, but that one specifically located in Toad's River in the, in the Western Cape. And so uh, on completion of, of this project, which is uh, expected to go live stream in 2025, what we're hoping on completion to achieve here is that these projects will are expected to power about 100,000 households on a daily basis in the surrounding communities. Um, and obviously, this will mitigate not only um, you know, carbon emissions, but also provide light to, um, to households to be able to uh, operate on a normal day-to-day. Not only um, does this fund invest in these types of uh, projects, as part of the project, the mandate is also that these 
uh, projects need to have a, uh, or they are rather obligated to give communities a percentage ownership. So, I mean, this speaks volumes in terms of giving back to the disadvantaged, in, but also giving um, people the opportunity for job creation, um, skills development, uplifting, um, you know, socioeconomic initiatives. And so this fund not only invests in projects for commercial reasons, but it also can you see the second round effects, positive benefits that it brings to the community, um, not only job creation, but it also speaks to the retirement savings that these individuals are able to, um, to have um, over time. Michelle, if you could uh, give investors out there just three points to look at if they're considering uh, sort of sustainable investing on their part, whether it's a retail investor, institutional investor, doesn't really matter. What should um, investors be focusing on or looking at if they're looking to make sustainable investing decisions? Um, I think what's quite key when, when you are looking at this space is obviously, like I mentioned, it is growing. Um, but what is quite key is that you want a management team that is um, stable but also able to assist quality um, investments. Specifically, there should be alignment of interest to address key issues. Um, particularly, you want to um, have a manager that is able to assist quality investments in uncertain times, backed by data, but backed by a robust process. Ultimately, alignment of interest to make sure that they are able to achieve, um, you know, commercial returns through uncertain times, but it's backed by their process. And ultimately, not only will that see them through, but also it will provide, you know, those secondary effects. What's important is that it should be looked at as a long-term lens because as precedent, we look at it from a long-term perspective looking at track record, looking at the data, let the data speak for itself in an unbiased manner, making sure we can actually identify long-term risk so that it doesn't filter into the short-term risk, making sure that there is an experienced team. So um, we have a fixed income team that is 22 members, for example, vast variety of experience, been through every restructure in South Africa, all renewable rounds, for example. And so just imagine with a fund that I was just talking about, our clean energy offering, offering a benchmark of CPI plus 4.5% in real returns, what impact that would have on retirement savings, but also have, you know, give the opportunity for second round benefits, such as community uh, job creation, uh, you know, access to basic uh, services, et cetera. And all around having a team that is there with a robust uh, process, but also have that track record. So what you ultimately want is that alignment of interest. And I think that's quite key is that ESG is here to stay. And what is quite important is that it should not be a tick box approach. It should be embedded in philosophy, but also in the day-to-day investment decisions. Mm. Well, we'll have to leave it at that, uh, Michelle. Thanks so much. That's Michelle Green, Chair of the ESG Committee at Prescient Investment Management, giving us a sense of their latest responsible investing report. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.